I normally find bras to be so uncomfortable and constricting. But Skims has changed that. You know I love Skims underwear, so I finally tried their bras, and Skims has delivered again. Skims bras are worth the hype for the amazing shape and support they give, but what I wasn't expecting was how comfortable they are too. I've tried so many bras in the past, and the main issue that I have is that they weren't supportive enough, to the point where they felt slouchy. I love my Skims wireless form bra because it's so comfortable and supportive. The older I get, the more I care about actually being comfortable in what I wear every day. And with my wireless form bra, I no longer have to sacrifice my comfort for the support I need. Shop Skims bras at skims.com, now available in 62 sizes, 30A to 46H. Plus, get free shipping on all orders over $75. If you haven't yet, be sure to let them know we sent you. After you place your order, select podcast in the survey and select our show in the drop-down menu that follows. I'm Rachel True. And I'm Trent Venegas. And you're listening to Quoting Gene Roddenberry. The 100-day podcast that celebrates what would have been the 100th birthday of the man that created Star Trek. Each day between now and the end of our podcast. August 19th. One of Star Trek's biggest icons. Or celebrity fans. Or both. We'll be quoting Gene Roddenberry. Then we're going to take a deep dive into why we think this sci-fi legend still has a lot to say to the world. read by the fantastic actor Paul Servino. We are a driven creature. We need to learn and to know and to grow. And we would like to welcome back our guest host this week, writer, actress, and Marvel red carpet host, Tamara Krinsky. Hello, hello, Welcome back. I wish you all could like see my face watching him say that quote. There's just such right? like oh gravitas in there. Yeah, I love him so much. And uh, Star Trek fans will remember that he played uh, Worf's human half brother on The Next Generation. So I've been a fan for a long time. He's a national treasure. Absolutely, frankly. he's one of those actors that uh, you you'll wait, once you realize he's been in everything that mm-hmm. you loved. Mm-hmm. And he's played both sides of the left. Uh, wait, I, can I jump in and say this quote is so susical <laughs> to me? Like, it, it it rings a little susical, but I love how short and simple and tight it mm-hmm. is. Like, we're a driven creature. Listen, uh, tomorrow we're actresses. We know we're driven <laughs> creatures. <laughs> or I'll speak for myself. No, I'm there with you. Yeah, a driven person and Trent, too. You know, we're all driven but I love that it's short, it's sweet, it's tight because it's like you can be driven, but if you don't learn mm-hmm. and then synthesize what you've learned, you can't grow. Like as a little kid, I was a kid going, but why? And my parents would go, it's like this. And I go, yeah, but why? Mm-hmm. And then they go, because this. And I go, yeah, but why? Mm-hmm. And then they're like, shut up. <laughs> but my point yep. was, I still am the same way. I'm like, no, but why yep. does this do this? In fact, it's like, I've mentioned here, I sew, I like sewing, I like making fashion, but part of it was why doesn't store-bought stuff fit me the way that it should, right? Why? Oh, well, I've learned my proportions now. I've learned that I'm shorter here and longer mm-hmm. here. Why? It helps me figure out the why by doing, and that's kind of what this quote is saying. We need to learn, we need to know, and grow. What do you guys think? Uh, well, the first thing that resonated with me was, again, Gene refers to humans as creatures. So I, 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 it's such a charming word, and he, he uses it over and over and over again. So I, I love that, and I want to point that out one more time. And it's, it's also one of his more lyrical uh, quotes. Like, many of his quotes are, 
they're beautiful and they're rich with meaning. And some of them are short and sweet. And a couple of them are lyrical. And this one is one of his more lyrical ones. And it just showcases another aspect of Gene Roddenberry that people may not think about. Like we think about him as this uh, sci-fi legend and this visionary man and larger than life. And he was big in stature and he created something that so many people love around the world uh, for 55 years now. And then there's also this lyrical side of him too, which um, I don't know. It's just something that's unexpected that whenever I, 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 we get one of his quotes, that's more lyrical. And I'm like, Oh, that's like another, another side of this curious, unusual creature that we know as Gene Roddenberry. Okay. So you just gave me the perfect on-ramp into what this quote is making me think about. <laughs> I love that. Um, Cause for me, it really is about this idea of curiosity. You know, I, like both of you, we all do a lot of different things. We all have a lot of different ways. We talked the other day about art and being an artist. We have a lot of different ways of exploring, you know, how we like to comment on the world and the, the art that we like to create. For me, you know, what I've realized, because people used to be like, well, what do you do? And I was like, well, I do this and I do this and I do this. Yeah. And what I finally realized is that one of the through lines of pretty much all the work that I do is curiosity whether it's interviewing somebody because I want to know what's going on in their brain or how they made something, mm -hmm. whether I'm acting, in which case I get to be the one working in tandem with a writer, of course, but I get to be the one who decides what a character is thinking. You know, I'm part of a creative team called Sirens, which is a, a play on screen Sirens for Science. And the idea of our, our group is that entertainment can be an on-ramp for scientific curiosity and science literacy, which is so necessary in our world but it's all driven by curiosity. So this yeah. idea of learning, of growing, of knowing, wash, rinse, repeat, that to me really, really hits home. And then the other thing, and I'm going to totally pivot now, is, and I'm so curious about both of your thoughts on this, is, okay, so we're driven to gain this knowledge, right? So mm -hmm. how many times do we see the trope in entertainment of the mad scientist, you know, and when she wants to take over the world? And yes, I did say she, because we do need yep. to keep putting images <laughs> of female scientists out there no matter what we do. Mm -hmm. But like I go to, you know, look at our real world right now. We've got, you know, developments in CRISPR and gene editing everything that's happening right now with AI, everything that's happening with robotics and how algorithms are taking over our lives for better yeah. and for worse sometimes with the way that they're fed. So Skynet should be going live about tomorrow. Pretty much, right? right? <laughs> we're heading. Pretty much. So this idea that we're driven to keep discovering these things, is, is there a point when there's too much knowledge, when we tip a threshold, do we keep going, you know? Yeah, we keep yeah. going. It's, inter it's interesting <laughs> to think about, is there too much? I, I don't think there's too much. I think the question becomes, what do we do with that knowledge once we have it? Once we have one of those breakthroughs, what then? How do we use that new discovery or that uh, new technology for, for, for what end? To, to help people, to make money, uh, to push people down in terms of uh, to control people or to free people? I mean, that's the question. So listen, I get worried about with the gene. Listen, it's all great. We need this for health, mm -hmm. right? Like mm -hmm. we need all of it. But I do get a little worried on the eugenics tip. You oh, know, yeah. I really worry about that because it almost seems like we're heading backwards mm -hmm. to that mm -hmm. period, doesn't it? Yeah. It like mm -hmm. some of the things that are happening today harken right back. So if you don't know, most people know, but eugenics is... um you know, is is the science of like build a better human right, right. theoretically, but it ended up being build a better white 
human. You know, it's uh, the Nazis loved it. Let's put it that way. Yeah. <laughs> For a yeah, as, as as a nice Jewish girl from Jersey, I am not a fan of you. No, and, or, and I'm or Nazis. Half a Jew myself. And um, so the rise of fascism is the, uh, like literally the opposite of this. Right. Because like I always make fun of the proud bo- boys or the um, incels because they are the opposite of a driven creature that needs to learn to know and to grow. Mm-hmm. Like the incels are like, nobody's attracted to me. So I'm going to go shoot up people right, or I'm, right. instead right. of mm-hmm. learning we need to learn learn how to make yourselves more mm-hmm. appealing how about that be a better conversationalist i'm not even talking about your looks i'm saying how you be a more appealing human being when you're around other people and then you grow you don't just go i'm a white man no one will sleep with me here's my gun mm-hmm. yeah you know it's a very odd time period we're in right now and that's not you know a little off topic because again this quote is literally optimistic about You know, we're driven creatures and we want to know, grow. But it does. I mean, again, this is part of my psyche as a black woman, to be honest, is um, and I don't love that part of it, but I can't help but look at something like this. Anything, Mm -hmm. parse anything in my world through that prism, you know, and I don't want to default to. Uh, 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 what are people doing and how are they going to use it against me because of my skin color? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it's a subconscious mm-hmm. thought I think that minority people have, to be honest, um, you know, and eugenics. Understandably so. Ah, to yeah. wrap it just back up with eugenics, like I think all that, if we're aware, there is a way to ride the wave of technology because we're in the wild, wild west of it now. We're in the infancy. I've always said I should have been born centuries away from now so I could be in the stars in a ship. Mm-hmm. Trent, yeah. what about you? This idea of genetic manipulation is a big story point that happens in the various Star Trek franchises. Khan was uh, genetically manipulated and he was a villain. And genetic uh, eugenics was uh, outlawed in the Federation. But then we learn in Star Trek Deep Space Nine that Dr. Julian Bashir, a Persian character, uh, it turns out that he was genetically manipulated as a child not because they were trying to make a superhuman, but because uh, he had a learning disability and his parents defied the law to have him become genetically manipulated just so he could be, you know, could learn with all the other kids. But then he he just became really smart and and he was so tortured by this, by hiding the secret. And we learned this in his story arc on the series that he was, uh, he used all of this knowledge for the betterment of mankind. So in Star Trek, when we talk about genetic manipulation, we, we also have both sides of the coin. We have Khan, who is the, the negative aspect of what uh, genetic manipulation can be. And then we have Dr. Julian Bashir, who was you know a, a positive example of how that uh, breakthrough in technology and science was able to better not only his life, but all of the people and patients and uh, uh, all life forms that he served as a medical doctor. Tomorrow, do you think we'll be able to synthesize all these new things that are, you know, new inventions, new ways of of, uh, dealing with the human body? Do you think we'll be able to synthesize it in a way that's good for the whole as opposed to just the few? Because, of course, you know, the 1% is always going to get a super great cutting edge medical treatment you know i oh, would sure <laughs> i mean look i'd love to be I, my my nature is to be optimistic mm-hmm. i gotta be honest like going through the pandemic and and a lot of the things that were happening in the world 
during that time, but really looking at the way that healthcare happened both here in the United States and around the world, it has put a healthy dose of cynicism into my right. body. And and I hate Aww. that because I'd Aww. rather yep. be optimistic. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I'm not I'm not an idealist, I think. I think I'm a little a little more grounded than that. But right now it's it's hard to believe that we will for lack of a better phrase, get our shit together mm-hmm. and make sure everybody does have equal access to everything yeah. and that the few and the privileged will not always have more. I um, struggle because I think ultimate power does kind of corrupt. But then again, like, uh, you know, the producer of our podcast is a, is a powerful guy and he's super nice. So mm-hmm. I know that, or my friend I've mentioned before, Bill Prady, who pr- was a producer, mm-hmm. created Big Bang. It's nicest guy in the world. Well, so like, I Bill know. Ga- Bill Gates. I mean, look, there's other stuff, but like, He's helped many, many yeah. millions of people yeah. around the world. You know, I, I mentioned earlier I have a daughter and living in L.A. where there it's a city where there's a lot of wealth and a lot of wealth disparity. And yeah. so, you know, one of the things we, we talk about is like, what do you have versus what do you need? And in some of the stories that she she watches and some of the shows, money for, for better or for worse is kind of um, it's kind of villainized. Like, you know, there's the trope of like, if you are poor, you are noble. And if you are wealthy, you are you are evil and you're going to do bad things and be snooty or whatever it is. And part of what we talk about is the idea that that that's not how things are in the real world. And ultimately, whatever means you have, it's the decisions that you make. So and that kind of brings it back around to the quote of, you know, we need to learn, we need to know, we need to grow so that we can make good decisions about what we do in our life with the resources that we have. And I have to agree with you. Like there are many things that we've seen in this pandemic that has been very disheartening and painful to see uh, the, 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 the negativity and the bad parts of people. But then when I also see like the vaccine rollout, for example, it's it's been, you know, handled, at least in the state of California, very, very well, open to anyone, no cost, uh, you know, and 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 it really shows us that we can do it if we want to, if we want, if it's important enough to save people's lives, if it's important enough to care for one another, and care for us in the in in the same breath by you know protecting ourselves and then protecting others and then we're all protected. It shows us that we can do it. So I agree that you know the one percent. Yes, it's always maybe not always, but it's pretty certain that that's, they're always going to get served first. But I do believe in the human spirit and in the long run, by the 23rd century, maybe, we'll finally get it figured out. And um, it will be a a much more humanitarian and and, and loving way that we treat one another as opposed to a a more me-centric way. No, I love how optimistic that is. And the other, lastly, on this quote, it just reminds me, it reminds me of curiosity, right? We are a driven creature. We need to learn to know and to grow. So very lastly, Tamara, did curiosity kill Schrodinger's cat? Oh, come on. <laughs> <I> can't. <laughs> Alive and dead at the same time. But once same. you know, you know, and then you have to pick one. Kind of like me. All right. So you guys, we're going to wrap this up. And uh, if you want to see a video or any of the video from this week's episodes, you can go to our Roddenberry social media pages on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Right, Trent? Yeah. And tomorrow's with us for one more episode tomorrow. So you have to come back and join us again for another episode of Quoting Gene Roddenberry. Thanks, everyone. Thanks for joining us for another episode of Quoting Gene Roddenberry. We'd love to hear your thoughts on today's quote. So tweet us, 
post us, DM us, whatever. We're at Roddenberry on Twitter and Facebook and at Roddenberry Official on Instagram. Quoting Gene Roddenberry is a Roddenberry podcast hosted by me, Rachel True. And me, Trent Venegas. Producing are Claire Kramer and Kelsey Goldberg with executive producers Trevor Roth and Rod Roddenberry. Engineering and editing are provided by Elizabeth Joy Windham. And special thanks to all those who were kind enough to read a quote and give a voice to Gene Roddenberry's everlasting words. Live long and prosper. 